Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger. With me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. And joining us this week is Drew from the House of Mario. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thank you very much for having me tonight. Oh, you are welcome, very welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm looking forward to tonight getting into some uh, some uh, wordplay. Some imaginary games. Yep. <laughs> Throw some games together. Yes, well, Trevor, do you want to tell our listening audience... And Drew, just in case, uh, <laughs> what click pitch is, how it works, how it goes together. We each have a random word generator. We click refresh on the count of three, two, one, and then click. <laughs> <laughs> we take those words and we take them to the to the fighting octagon and mm. just mash them together and try to come up with a game. So, yeah. Then we throw it away if it doesn't work. I liked the way that started. It was very in a world where we each have a random word generator. In a world. No, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> In a world. In a world. No, that's too much. <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, let's get into world. it. Yeah. <laughs> Three, two, one, click. Atmosphere. Sat. 20th. Uh, okay. Okay. This is perhaps, this is perhaps uh, to do with space tourism. Mm-hmm. And you are the 20th person. To board the new, what, what is Virgin Galactic still around? Are they doing that? Yeah, I think they I are. Uh, is it the twentieth person or the twentieth flight? Kind of like a Apollo Eleven and Apollo Thirteen sort of thing. Okay, it could be the twentieth mm. flight, and something goes wrong. Yeah, right? uh, I don't know what sort of game this is yet. Could be like a flight simulator where you're where you're playing you're playing as uh, Pat, who uh, is sat in the plane. Uh- <laughs> Um, and then he hopped on pop. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you, might, you might be looking at yeah. something that's a bit more casual than your typical flight simulators. It might be uh, a VR game where it's uh, in the similar graphic style as a job simulator, a bit more cartoony. You're sort of trying to fumble away, that could fumble around the cool. controls, trying to fly your plane and get your passengers safely to uh, the next destination. Could even be something like Crazy Taxi, but in a plane. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the idea of a cross between kind of you're, you're you are flying this shuttle, mm. uh, but you are also having to sort of do hospitality with your guests and maybe convince them that that nothing's wrong, uh, <laughs> even though then you turn back and there's like all these red lights flashing and stuff, and you're having to like oh shit, dump the fuel because it's going to explode, and then and then you turn around like you have to give someone a drink because they've come up or they you know they they need the key to the toilet or something. Mm. Yeah, someone's about to look at like the red flashing light, so you've got to like stand in front of it and offer them a drink or a peanut or something. It's like <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, uh, yes, sir, everything's going fine. Would you like a glass of water? Well, yeah, meanwhile, exactly, the pilots yeah. like. Uh, stressing out, and the door opens, and people are starting to look in, and you got to quickly go and shut the door. Could yeah, it could be be something like that, which is uh, similar to maybe Overcooked or something, where like you're running around trying to make sure the passengers are oblivious to their uh, certain death. Yeah, well, I kind of <laughs> I liked your idea of it as a VR thing actually. So I mm. think you're kind of sitting in the cockpit, and yeah, maybe you're sort of rotating around between the cockpit controls and actually having to not crash this thing uh, and not have it explode, and you know, passengers who keep coming up and asking for things. Uh, and so there's a bit of t- there's a bit of time management there of like, if you've got a tricky thing that's going on, uh, you know, if you leave it alone for too long, the whole ship might go up. But if you don't deal with this person who is complaining, you know, about the, the smell uh, because there's a baby. <laughs> oh, um, if you leave them too long, they're going to notice that something's wrong, or they, or they're just going to get more pissed off. You know. Mm. So, are you the pilot, or are you like uh, the the flight attendant? Like, what what is your role I think on this plane? I think you're both. You're both. I think, oh, they, yeah. cut, I think they cut costs mm. and they put one staff member on this uh, orbit. You know, low Earth orbit flight or whatever it is, uh, a flight to the moon or something. Mm. See, and yeah. uh, you are having to deal with both the passengers and the plane. Mm. I'm no, I'm no pilot, right? But I would imagine that would be pretty difficult trying to manage both at the same time. Uh, with autopilot uh, nowadays, it's easy. So. Mm. You're only you're only <laughs> doing service in in like the middle of the um middle of the flight, and that's when the autopilot's actually doing stuff. Um, you know, well, I can imagine that, that the pilot- maybe you have to keep. <laughs> maybe you have to keep fixing the autopilot, right? So if you fix the autopilot, then you're okay for a little while. 
and you can like you know run run the service cart down the aisle or something to keep people happy uh but it breaks again you know mm-hmm. <laughs> wheel comes off and you got to go and find it under the people's feet and- <laughs> Yeah, maybe sometimes you actually have to, like, do an EVA mission or something. You spill hot noodles like, over right, the old, gonna, old person and you've got to go and get them we're gonna put a, We're going to put your in-flight movie on, <laughs> turn the lights down low, and I'm just going to quickly hop out and, uh, you know, fix this, you know, patch up the hull. Oh, great. You're doing maintenance on the bloody side of the plane, too, while it's going. Well, you're in space. Who else is going to do it? Mm. Oh, we're in space. I thought we were in a plane. Right, gotcha. Yeah, no, gotcha. no, no. This is like space flights. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Virgin Galactic. Um, so the idea that um, you know everyone's watching watching the movies and stuff, you just got to hope that no one actually opens up their blind to to look outside at that time, because otherwise you get someone going, <laughs> "There's something on the wing." <laughs> so how do you go about we'll that? You. Uh, we'll- do you say, "Oh, you can't open the blinds because the s- we're too close to the sun and it will blind you," or what excuse Solar do we come up with? Yeah. Hmm. It might just be that if you're out there, you have to be watching for, you know, you, you can see the interior lights or something if it's open and you have to wait until they close it again before you can go past or something. Sort of a timing a timing mechanic. Mm. That could be cool. While you're being a literal mechanic. <laughs> Do we have any uh, upgrade mechanics sort of in this game so you can sort of upgrade your plane or, or your spacecraft or something like that? I'm thinking- uh, I mean, you could if you managed to kind of get on top of the repairs well enough, but I'm kind of thinking this as a- I don't know. What, what, I guess what would be the win condition? Is, is it just how long you can survive? Is it you actually make it to the moon uh, with all this stuff happening? I'm almost picturing a bit of, bit, of a, bit of a roguelike aspect where it's like, all right, let's give this another go. This time we're going to make it to the moon. Mm. Um, and it just throws kind of random problems at you with the, you know, having to patch the hull, having to deal with the autopilot, having to, you know, you do something with the fuel or whatever. Mm. Like you, could, you can make progress based on... Uh, like the planets you visit. So the first planet or the first place you could visit would be the moon. Then you go to like Uranus or then, like you uh, gradually progress through the planets and maybe yeah yeah maybe the very. Well, I was actually thinking about mm. that. Um, what you could actually do is depending on what your knowledge of of like um, different space shows and that sort of stuff is. If you happen to get yourself sort of like skimming this, the um, atmosphere of Earth and get like a slingshot man- maneuver happening, you can enter like the Farscape <laughs> universe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're full on just licensing other sci fi properties now. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> we don't have the budget for this, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't afford all those puppets. Come on. <sighs> No, I wasn't even thinking there'd be that much piling going real on. Really, it's more um, you do you do have to kind of keep on course. There's like a set course laid out, and that's part of the sort of the management stuff of if you if you don't have the autopilot and you let go of the wheel too long, you're going to veer off course and run into an asteroid field or something. Uh, but otherwise, it's more just it's again as we've sort of done in the past. It's just managing those different pressures in an interesting, fun way. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's cool. I'd buy it. All right, three maybe. Three like click. it a lot. Let's do it again. Three to one click. Editing. Block. Troop. <laughs> All right. Is that T-R-O-O-P or T-R-O-U-P-E? Yeah, double P. Oh, double O, sorry. Yeah. Double O-P. All right. So, more like a, um, like a military or something mm-hmm. or, a, or mm-hmm. like a scout scout troop or something. Um, what else could you have a troop of? Goof troop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What was your word? Sorry, Ben. Block. Block. So that could be a variety of different things. It could be a block of something. It could be to the verb to block. Could um, be like mean like block, like as in pixel, as in eight bit. Could be like a eight mm. eight bit turn based strategy where you where you're controlling your army, your troops. What was the what was your word, Trevor? Editing. Editing. So I kind of like the idea of. Remember the game Hack and Slash? Yes, Double Fine. Uh, yeah, so um, hack is in the computer um, computer hacking and slashing yes. is in doing stuff. So, I like the idea that you've got um, like an 8-bitty style, style um, military troop. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is you can actually go and like edit the properties of, of like an individual member of your troop to like, to, like give them extra, um, you know, capability- Basically, hacking into into this um, 
this okay. unit to, to give them like leadership qualities or something like that. And you've got, mm. um, rather than having so to. So is this kind of a world? There's a, yep. there's a war going on. But have you, is it that you've discovered you're in like the matrix? You're in a simulation. And when you find certain resources, it means you can like alter that simulation to, to affect your troops, right? Cause you don't want to, obviously you can't just say, all right, you know, open up the code of all of my, you know, troop, troop members and put all their health up to a billion. No. Um, cause obviously got to be some limitations. What, but- what, what I think that you've actually got is, um, I, I really like the idea of this being like eight bit graphics, as as you said, yep. Drew. Mm. Um, the idea being that it's sort of set in like a futuristic nineteen eighties, um, where there's sort of like a war game sort of scenario going on, but you you're dealing with um, like uh, I'm thinking like drones or robots sort of thing, and you could, you've got limited um, limited powers in which, in like which processing you can, power processing power in which you can you can give some of your drones extra extra abilities and and as they sort of collect collect more um resources out there you get more power mm. to to um distribute between the um, between the drones. Hmm. That's interesting. I guess it's how is that I mean it's a cool narrative hook for sure. Um but otherwise is it just upgrading your units in that way or is there going to be really something different about the fact that you're kind of hacking into their code? Well, I think um, I think that, what that changes the mechanics. What you can actually do is, depending on on sort of like the path that you go, that you go down in hacking this particular robot, you may be able to install certain code into into this one drone that can actually convert enemy drones to your to your side, sort of thing. And then, you know, being that you know you're trying to beat a whole heap of different type of enemy types that mm. you know do different different damage, so therefore you'd be thinking about okay, if I've got these sort of three at the front that can actually de- completely block this energy type and then this one behind can inject some nano nano probes to to convert it into my, uh, this guy into onto my side you know you could definitely play around with the rts tropes with that hmm. yeah i what i like about that is i like the idea of your and again like at the end of the day it's just an upgrade mechanic which is fine and it is a cool idea um i like the idea that it makes your troops really valuable it's it's a bit more of an XCOM-ish vibe, even if we don't go turn-based, if we're going real-time, but mm-hmm. in that you don't want to lose someone you've spent a lot of your, like, processing power on uh, because you've given them all these, all these cool things. I do then also like the idea of you might, on the battlefield or, or whatever, find, you know, you find a floppy disk <laughs> and it's got <laughs> a special, you know, it's got a special piece of software on it that you, you may only ever have one of. Um, and again, you could almost bring in roguelike stuff where they're semi randomly generated or, or as you know, as you play through, you unlock new ones, um, that, are, that are really, they're sort of perks then that you can give to one of your soldiers. Uh, and that might be some of the like being able to, you know, then further hack into enemy soldiers and turn them to your side or, you know, even just giving boosts to certain things or whatever, hmm. making them more intelligent. I think there's a lot of cool things you could do there. Yeah. So so far, this game sounds very serious. So I think I'd like to add a little aspect in that is uh, a bit more fun, might bring in the casual audience a bit more. And I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking something something along the lines of like Nintendogs or something, where you can uh, you can uh, pat your robots, you can look <laughs> after them, and that sort of uh, helps. Uh, oh yeah, make them a bit more so, so, loyal so like- to you. Keep it eighties Tamagotchi. Yes. Like. <laughs> oh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, a throwback to yeah Tamagotchi. Do like the training thing, like on the old Digimon Tamagotchis, where it goes and you got to press the button at the right time, and that's how you can. I like that idea actually. Some some sort of timing mechanics around doing the actual upgrading, which can be in line with you know how well you hack them, basically. Mm. We could do, uh, but also yeah, having to keep them happy or yeah. their morale up or something. You could do like the st- stereotypical like hacking mini games. In there, where you've got to like put the wires together or something in the training mode. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing like the cutscenes are like heavily, you know, really, really good CGI, and then the gameplay is like all this old eight bit <laughs> sort of stuff. <laughs> no, no. I think the cutscenes should be like high quality, kind of F and V. No, no, no. You, come on, 
<laughs> just like the old Final Fantasy uh, games. You're like, oh it's my god, VR. it looks awesome. Yeah, the, it's the the, the cutscenes of VR, and then you take your helmet off and you play a 32 by 32 pixel game. No, I was just, I was going to say that the that their high quality pixel art, kind of you know, in the style of of some of the. Uh, I don't know, some of the later adventure games where you'd get almost cartoonish or, or you know, you get the close-ups of people and stuff, but it's still relatively low res. Um, hmm. and, and sort of, you know, semi-limited movement, but you can you can get some really dramatic and, and interesting shots. So, is the question now is, mm-hmm. the Tamagotchi-like part of the game, is that, like, an actual- um, thing that you physically can take around <laughs> elsewhere and, and Ooh, you yeah. know- Maybe it's an app on your phone. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. It's sort of like um, you've got your AI that you're, that you're um, you know, fostering and, and, you know, just trying to trying to make the AI stronger and trust you more. And- mm. Well, I think, I think just you've got your series of troops and maybe you, you make it a maximum of like, I don't know, four to six um, that you can have at a time- uh, but yeah, you do have to, you know, throughout the day, at least a couple of times, come and like interact with them in some way. Otherwise, when you sit down to play the game that night, they're gonna they're not gonna be as effective. Mm. Uh, that could be really cool. That's actually a neat hook that I feel like would go down well in this sort of game. So oh, is, definitely, do you think this is gonna be marketed towards older players or like a, a bit younger, say children? Because like just thinking, thinking about the Tamagotchi aspect, I'm getting like real Digimon <laughs> vibes from it now. Uh, yeah, it's I, it's either the older um, market and trying to hit their nostalgia yeah. with the, the the retro style and uh, both in the, the graphics and the kind of the Tamagotchi mm. um, gameplay stuff, or you go a bit different with the style. You might have to move away from the eight bit style. I think. Mm. You can well. I guess it depends. I guess it depends how uh, lo-fi you go with the sprites and stuff. But yeah, um, I suppose if you go if you go sort of like Celeste-ish graphics, um, yeah, you know yeah. people would That'd actually be kind of happy happy with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Then then you could capture that kid market. I think if you did it well enough. Yeah, I kind of. I'm actually really liking this idea from a marketing perspective. <laughs> I feel like it could sell. Yeah, make a toy. Especially if, yeah. you, put, especially if you put microtransactions oh, in the no. app. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really like this this whole Tamagotchi side of things that we got to because, yeah, you know, being able to do something outside of this, outside of the game, and and come back into it keeps you keeps your head in the game a lot more. So from keeps a marketing you engaged with it, yeah. yeah. From a marketing perspective, yeah, that's totally. that's like the dream. That's what you want. Mm, well, People are at work and they're and they're you know oh, I've just got to you know feed my AI a little bit more, <laughs> <laughs> and then just to really jump on the zeitgeist, do we make it that the troop you're commanding is a troop in a battle royale game? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Everyone else is doing it. Let's jump on it. Yeah, maybe not a maybe not a real actual online battle royale game. Maybe it's just like everyone else's AI and your troop has to fight in the battle royale game, but just. It's kind of, it's almost Battle Royale Tycoon in a way, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> it's, you're managing your troop of robots who are constantly fighting in these Battle Royales uh, and and trying to be the best team. Mm. Well, we recently got a Tetris Battle Royale, so nothing's impossible. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. RTS yeah. Royale. <laughs> yeah, 100 there armies. You You've got to take them all down to win. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Three joint click. That was really cool, though. I kind of want to build that. You want to buy it? <laughs> Oh, I want to make it. Yeah. All right. Aerial. Soil. Origin. Oh. Aerial so- soil origin. Soil. <laughs> yeah. Those two words so- are their pretty much counterparts, aren't they? Aerial soil. <laughs> or is it, yeah, well, I want- is it soil uh- as in dirt or soil as in like soil your pants? Well, I mean, it's the same same spelling, I think. So, it's either way. No, so, we can decide. Either way. Uh, yeah. We can decide. I. <laughs> one of one of the things that we we always sort of say about this is you sort of take your first idea and you just run with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. when I heard Ariel and Origin, I immediately pictured like this ancient being who's like come out of the ground and and is basically flying around the earth mm. sort of thing okay. and, and is sort of almost taking taking dominion over 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 the earth like it's a big we're talking, you know, Godzilla-sized monster mm-hmm. that- um, mm-hmm. That floats, though. 
yeah, the, that's yeah, it's like Mothra or something yeah. like that. Um, I'm just I, seeing. I like the idea of basically uh, an alien invasion type story like that, but that yeah, it has come from the depths of the earth, not from space. Yep, mm. could have like bits I, of lava you- and stuff on him and. Yeah. Dirt and bits of tree and- Because when you said that, Trevor, it gave me, like, Independence Day kind of vibes of just the big, you know, shadow coming over as, you know, in that movie it was the ships, but in this yep. it's, like, this giant- Maybe it's the fucking, like, turtle that the, the world's supposed to be sitting on, the flat earth, but it's- They oh, yeah, just got yeah. it a bit wrong and it's that there's this giant turtle or tortoise- that was living in the earth, and it's now it's it's come up. Mm. There's a sprouted wings take, <laughs> to take over. There's a, there's a Pokemon based no, I on think that. It's, the, I uh, mean, turtle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the, originally it was supposed to be floating through space or whatever, but it's just actually no. It's a, it can fly. It for whatever reason defies <laughs> gravity, or it just has its own gravity or something. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but it's not that the Earth is flat and that it's sitting on it. It's that it lived in the core. Um. <laughs> Maybe people start thinking, well, no, it's the earth was flat. It just got wrapped around the turtle. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a side story that every now and again you hear you hear on like the news and, and you read on like a Reddit like thing within the game that, you know, all these flat earthers are uh, coming up with this whole thing about the Yeah, about the why it still makes sense. <laughs> wrapped around like this turtle. <laughs> yeah. Well that, that's that just a natural to be thing to come call. to. That's the natural yep. conclusion. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I started thinking, like, the sort of size of this being is- I always thought that- Think about the Hawaiian islands and how big they all are. Basically, every single one of the Hawaiian islands were on this turtle's back sort of thing. Yeah, I That's think, how big I the think shell it's is. definitely, like, country-sized. Yep. I'm actually picturing that this ho- most of this game is set on the back of this turtle. Like, you are on some sort of expedition, whether it's, like, from the government or you've just done it yourself to sort of find out answers, and you're trying to discover about this thing. Maybe you're trying to, like, reach its head to talk to it in some (laughs) way, to communicate with it. But you have, like, this, like, last-ditch flight heading up there. You're, like, dodging fucking rocks and shit that's falling off it, and eventually you kind of- you manage to land on the back of this thing, and then you're just having to travel across- the expanse of this tortoise's shell. And literally, it's countryside, right? So, there are yep. people up there because they happen to be on the back of it when it, like- <laughs> I think there's still houses intact and stuff. Mm, yeah. Um, so- Yeah. Okay. I think this is one of those things where it starts in media res. You know, basically, um, yep. you're already on the back of the thing. You're, you're doing some some basic stuff in the prologue. And then you start sliding down like this- this sort of um, the trail just cuts off and you start sliding down and then you sort of grip out to the side as, as you as you look down and you're literally hanging off the edge of the shell and that's where okay. it's sort of hmm. you, so that's you the look first time below. we reveal where you even are hmm. yeah and then it, then it shows to three weeks earlier and and you find yeah. out about this yeah, yeah. this <laughs> thing and and then you like get to do the lot. flight flight into the onto the um, back of this thing so I can sort yeah. of see this as almost like a, a Tomb Raider or yeah, Uncharted. Yeah, like Uncharted. Yeah, that's where I was going. Mm, yeah. Like a third person sort of action game. Action adventure. Yeah, action adventure, basically. Yeah. You've got some puzzles, you've got some um, combat, you've got some traversal stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like that idea of the game starts and you f- you basically think, oh, great, another like uh, dystopia, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, you nearly slide off the edge of this thing. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay, this is actually a little bit different. Yeah. You could start, like, the uh, very start of the game, everyone might be sort of oblivious that they're on the back of this turtle. Then, like, you know, events happen, like an earthquake or whatever. Then, uh, yeah. Then you sort of yeah. Yeah, discover you're on this turtle and you've got to sort of venture from its uh, tail to it, the top of its head to s- try and discover what went wrong, why they're on this turtle and sort of try and uncover the well, story. I, I think I like the idea that your character had to get there. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I do think there are there are people on there who haven't noticed. Maybe or they, or they, <laughs> they, just or they woke don't up believe one it. Morning maybe and- then it becomes the thing. Like if they were if they were on the back of it, they haven't been able to see the turtle itself. So you're yeah. up there saying, "Hey, you're flying in the sky on the back of a giant turtle," and they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about, <laughs> you crazy person?" Oh, um, and, just- and the problem was that um, they were originally connected, you know, to 
uh, their country was connected to um, the internet via the cable that ran, you know, un- um, right. through the right. ocean. Whereas now all the all they've got is like Wi-Fi. <laughs> Everyone's complaining so, that's dropping been disconnected out of the from the outside world. <laughs> yeah, somewhat, and they, do- yeah. they don't know why, <laughs> and like. Um, they don't seem to have so as much protection from the sun. So you're just going around this town and song. everyone's just going, ah, oh, fucking internet's out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play my RuneScape anymore. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> What's going on around here? But I like the idea that this creature, that the reason this thing has emerged is that it's actually, it, it wants to mate. It's trying to find its mate. And there's another one under the surface as well that hasn't emerged yet. Um, and mate, I don't know if that's like the finale or something. But you finally figure this out at the last moment. You finally figure this out at the last moment. Look over the edge of this turtle's head and just see, like, Australia start lifting from the ground. I'm just imagining you're on the back of this turtle that's mating another massive turtle now. That's all all I can think of. Well, I don't think we get that. uh, (laughs) That's the the after credits scene. You just hope that you're not on the female side. (laughs) Yeah. Get crushed, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so no i i I really actually like that narrative that narrative Mm. idea of of traveling across the back like that that's there's some really cool shit you could do that could be that could be the sequel you could be it could be uh on the the females uh turtles uh side of things and it could be like a majora's mask where you've got the day limit and if uh, when that time runs out, that's when the that's when the male turtle comes to mate, <laughs> and you get you get crushed, and you got to start again. It's business time. <laughs> Do you want to click marriage alphabet touch marriage alphabet okay. touch? Sounds uh, like an old DS um, game. <laughs> <laughs> marriage alphabet touch, like badly translated. It could be it could be like a, an educational game to learn the alphabet for young women who. A dream of getting married, like when they're eight years old, and they're in, in, in the sort of a phase where they're doing dress ups and stuff. And this game could be, yeah, an educational alphabet game for. So it's a cross between like one of those dress up games and mm. and an educational game. Something you probably see on the um, DS or maybe even fa- a Facebook game, something like that, where you've got to you've got to dress up, you've got to dress up the little girl, and she's like, "Oh, how do you spell dress?" And you <laughs> write in dress. She's like, yay, you got um, it right. Congrats. When I heard the name of that, for some reason it brought like a rhythm game to mind as well. So maybe there's something about around matching letters to the rhythm. Um, and then the marriage side of things. Uh, I mean, I guess that could come in a, maybe planning, like helping to plan the <laughs> wedding and how well you play at the game means like the dress is this good or the tuxes or the flowers or the, you know, maybe, and at the yeah. end you get a score, right? You get an S rank wedding. <laughs> maybe if you're <laughs> matching the letters together, that could be called uh, marrying the letters together. Then when it's, it's, it's oh, sort of like ding ding, yeah. when you match the letters, it goes like, duh, 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 like that's the wedding theme. Every, uh, <laughs> yeah. every letter you match. Every time, <laughs> every time. That's going to, that's going to get uh, annoying, but yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the letters. <laughs> <laughs> and they sort of go up so, with the, the tuxedo and the ki- violin. They kiss and they, mm. yeah. So, touch, I'm seeing that as um, maybe touch screen. So, it's all, it's this is on a this is on a phone or, or iPad. Well, yeah, or I think kind. we're talking DS, right? Oh, DS. We'll say DS. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, missed that part. Um, I'm just starting to wonder whether whether this is also like a A is- um, Attracted to um, like Z or something like that, and it's okay. it's all about um, you know they're from different sides of the phone book sort of thing. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> um, A to K and L to Z. So you know A is A is supposed to be with you know something within um, A to K and Z supposed to be something within L to Z, but you know star crossed lovers and the like. Mm. Um, I do like that idea. I mean, for one, just taking away from any sort of gender stereotyping, right? We can just- They're genderless letters, um, which which <laughs> works well. And then, yeah, I, I, and I think the gameplay can still be similar um, in that- Yeah, like, that's the sort of background story is is that. It's like, A wants to marry Z. Um, and, and you're sort of revealing things about why they're star-crossed lovers, as it were. Um <laughs> You've got like you know you've got what you've so I, I want to know in this world how well do M and N get along? No, or no, sorry, Ada, well no, because M is actually the middle. Like 
They do A to K L to Z, but that's sort of more about the distribution, right? Yep. Um, mm. I think you're splitting it, maybe splitting it. It's more about the distance that they're from. I think maybe the further a letter is in the alphabet from somebody else, the less likely they are to get along or something like that. Yep. Yeah. You know what so, I mean? so what's the purpose of this game? Is it just to be like an addictive sort of uh, matching puzzle game or is this to sort of uh, maybe help people get familiar with their keyboards or uh, familiar with the alphabet? Uh, I think it's I think it's less of an educational thing like in this direction that we're going and more of a, yeah, like a bit of a rhythm slash matching game with this sort of story in the background. Um, I'm always pit- picturing the, um, what was that? Uh, Elite Beat Agents. Oh, I love that game, yep. Yeah, yeah, like that sort of thing where you'd have the stories in each song, like the little comic book things going on. Oh, God, I haven't uh, thought about that you, game for ages, Ben. As you played through. Uh, so, it's a bit like that, but uh, but with letters involved of, of having to match them. Yeah, whether it's to spell out a word and you have to touch them in uh, in rhythm with the, with the track or, um, yeah, something like that. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. It could even go with like the lyrics of the song or something. It's like in this lo- like this line of the song, and you're spelling out one of the words of the song that's been like matched to the beats, and there's just a series of letters flying through the flying through the you know the area, um, and you're having to hit them in the right order, match them from from amongst that that pool of letters. Yeah, could be cool. Sounds interesting. Be- and yeah, the, the whole time in the background, you've got <laughs> do, do, the uh, do, do. the story going on of. A, turn a bone down with Z. <laughs> Very taboo. <laughs> what kind of what kind of soundtrack do we have? Do we have like an upbeat soundtrack or is it like a very sentimental sort of uh, get you in, into the mood for a wedding? Like your best friend's getting married, you're feeling very sentimental. Um, well, I think we can take it from different directions, right? Like- You can mix it up a maybe bit. Maybe your, hmm. best, your best friend- G <laughs> is uh, is actually totally on board. Like they're a bit more progressive and open minded, uh, and so you've got a bit of an upbeat track of that as they take you out on your you know pre wedding party, since whatever bachelor slash bachelorette slash yep. pre letter marriage genderless party. Um, but S and is happy, an up- and therefore there's lots of speed metal. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you get some angry stuff, and there's confrontations going on. Uh, um, and all the all the letters from that that end of the alphabet, uh, you know, especially fucking X, like oh, that guy get me started on X. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I just I like that idea. You can really uh, personify all the letters in different ways, and with some good art in the background. I'm thinking in a similar way, like that kind of stepping through comic book panels art as the song goes on a bit. So you're sort of seeing the story happen in in different ways. Um, Oh, whether whether you do the same thing where it's like if you do badly, I think it actually slightly changed the story, didn't it? Or at least changed the ending of those elite beat agents ones. Um, yeah, between uh, if you play, yeah, between Japanese and English, yeah, I think they'll they'll ninjas or something in Japan. Yeah, but I think I think like within the gameplay, if you play badly, I think in certain ways you'd get different. Oh, right, stories. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So did, yeah. we could you could do something similar to that too. Yeah, something would go um, worse or something would go better depending. Yeah, on- yeah. Oh, fuck, I really want to play that game now. Yeah, no, I've got, I've got my DS around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I know. I, I think that that'd be an interesting evolution, or, or just like differentiation of that game and that sort of genre. Uh, but bringing in the letters and stuff, and I really, I like that story. <laughs> Same here. If it plays like Elite Beat Agents, I'll I'll pick it up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Three, two, one, click. Warranty. Pardon. Sector. Sector straight away sort of reminds me of like a. A, a stealth game where you're um, navigating down corridors and uh, things like that. Um, well, Sector made me think of sort of a cyberpunkish world, like, a, or it's just a sci-fi world, um, just because like Sector Seventeen, like the way the world split up. Yeah, and that made me think because Warranty then brought in like robots of some like some sort of product, electronics. Yeah, maybe it's around a robot that's committed a crime. Uh in the future, either a point-and-click adventure or just a, a generally narrative kind of- It could even be like a, a visual novel style or, or like Phoenix Wright or something. Because I'm kind of thinking there's a bit of a court case and you're having to find a way to get this robot off 
Like maybe the defense attorney or something. Mm. Not get it off like that, Tara. <laughs> Robots don't have genitalia, or at least this model doesn't. I'd like to see <laughs> something like this, like as in like a point and click adventure game, sort of get really wacky with it. With the, the robot in the futuros- uh, futuristic setting. Yeah, I think as a point of click adventure, it could work quite well. And you're playing like a defense attorney uh, where this, this robot has been accused of a crime. And I think maybe where warranty comes in is that that's part of the case. It's like the fact that it's out of warranty means that it's not responsible or something. Mm. Is 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 the is the end is the end whether it's the end resolution or just one of the sort of plot points, but. I like that idea that it's like, yeah, this robot killed somebody, but it was out of warranty, so we're not covering it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not responsible. We're not responsible for it once it's out and of warranty. you as the defense attorney, you're trying to get it pardoned because you, you believe that this um, this robot didn't actually do the act and, and that it was- um, Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe. or maybe some rogue programming guess, or something like that. that I, guess where, I guess where is it more interesting? Well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's not that it's out of warranty. Maybe they voided the warranty by installing software on it they shouldn't have or something. Yeah. Uh, and that's where that comes in. And yeah, you're trying to, it's this whole case around you have to, having to collect the evidence to find, uh, to, yeah, to find the, the, the tracks that they left of installing this software and, and security footage and all that sort of thing. Uh, but then also having to make a case. It's not just getting the evidence. It's presenting it in the right way. Mm, that's, um, that's quite cool. I've, I've, Got an got an idea as to as to how the end of the game will play out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, have either of you seen the movie Primal Fear? <laughs> Is that the one with Ed Norton? Yeah, and uh, Richard Gere. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I have. But <laughs> okay, so well, we're about to spoil it for you. <laughs> um, so it it gets to the end, and you know, the defense attorneys won, and you know the robots being pardoned, and then like um. Just going through some of the files, um, sort of cleaning up his his uh, stuff at the end, he realizes that the robot actually orchestrated the entire thing in in this yeah. particular thing, and actually did did actually do it, and has has you know attained like full on sentience or something like that. And, and <laughs> yeah, you actually- finally like the case is over. They've been part. They've been like um, acquitted. And then you get an email and it's from, like, the data company. It's like, oh, we finally got through, uh, you know, uh, uh, decoding those uh, log files from your Mark 73-M murder bot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not murder bot. Just be torn the nose. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, and, And, like- yeah, and you look through them, and it's got all these log files in there. Of no, they just purged that rem- that re- uh, rogue code themselves, uh, and uh, yeah, it was purely of their own free will that they, you know, slaughtered that family. <laughs> yeah, I, I can just imagine that being as as you know now you know, but um, you know they've been acquitted of this murder and they can't be can't be tried again for it or whatever in in this this yeah. world or. And then you get the sequel where you find a loophole because you put their brain in a different body and then you can try them again. <laughs> it's not double jeopardy if uh, if it's not the same physical body. <laughs> I'm now thinking about what sort of graphic sort of mm. style I'd like to see this in. Whether whether like a cartoony style of, of like a Phoenix Wright or something like that would actually work quite nicely in juxtaposing this whole, um, you know, the yeah, heinousness you could do that. of it. It could do that. Uh, I like the idea of a really nice stylistic 2D art style. Uh, maybe not in that kind of anime style, but maybe something, you know, that, that gets that cyberpunkish vibe across. Yeah. Uh, but um, it could still be relatively sort of simplistic, uh, as in not like real textured and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You'd, uh, I'm sure I could trawl through my Twitter feed of artists and find someone who would do it perfectly to yeah, tell probably. you what I'm thinking of. But- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's sort of two D style, um, not fully not fully animated kind of thing. You're mostly going for yep. the, for key poses uh, to really get the personalities across. Uh, yeah, mm. I like the sound of that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Three to one click. That's cool. Let's do something else. Let's throw it away. <laughs> Three to one click. Bullet dinner flip. <laughs> 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 Bullet dinner flip. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I immediately went to some like action type game where you are some sort of creature that eats bullets <laughs> and or it's almost like a like an infinite runner slash sh- slash shoot 'em up sort of thing except instead of 
trying to dodge all the bullets, you're trying to catch them all, right? You're trying to eat them all. It's almost like Ooh. parkour. It's always parkour Pac-Man. Mm. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's mm. that's literally some, the, the opposite way that um, that any of the games have really done bullet hell before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and look, again, you could you could flip it around so it's only certain ones you want to catch. Um it could just be and look, like a lot of those infinite runners you're trying to collect things, but just adding on top of that the fact that it's not just things that are sitting there in the, in your path, it's that someone's shooting them towards you so they're moving. Uh that that and you're still trying to collect them all, you know. I feel like there could be some really interesting uh changes to that general infinite runner mechanic. Okay. Um, what you've got is a, a continually counting down sort of, um, I'm, I'm thinking that it's maybe like a lead, a lead count, you know, okay. how much lead you've actually consumed. <laughs> um, and so the more lead that you have, the longer that you can go. Um, if you're not, if you're not collecting enough bullets, like by, by actually eating them with your mouth rather than like if they hit you and that sort of stuff, they, they, you know, Sort of take away from your from your counter, mm-hmm. but then so it's a continually oh, counting down. You've you've got to yeah. try and you know make sure that you've you've got enough. Um, you're eating enough bullets to to keep the energy up. Well, well, I wonder if there's also a mix between maybe you can f- get full uh, in that you eat a certain amount of bullets, and then any more that hit you after that you run into after that are actually going to damage you until you like digest them or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could have like the bullets being different colours or something as well. So maybe I don't know whether it would change the sort of colour you need to get, or whether like purple ones are bad for your tummy, so you stay away from them. But blue ones, <laughs> blue ones are, are, are good for your health, and red ones might be yeah, good for your yeah. speed or power or something like that. Yeah, I like the idea of different meal types, basically <laughs> giving you different uh, different boosts or buffs or something. Or debuffs. Um. <laughs> I'm I'm just picturing like debuffs being like you bleed profusely or something like that. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing. What? So let's go a bit more to the the kind of uh, visual motifs and and the story based stuff, or, or or just the setup. What sort of creature are you that's eating these bullets? I'm just I'm just imagining you- like a an average bloke, probably. <laughs> Just with a knife and fork and a bib on, just you know, just trying, just trying to catch the bullets with a knife and fork, and he just sort of flips it with the fork, fork into his mouth, and that's just what the little yeah. animation is every time he eats it. It's just bullet eater Dan. Yeah, um, just yeah. I, I'm to- sort of picturing like a guy almost like a a, a pendulette or a or a teller. You know how they they do the bullet catch sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he's a magician. <laughs> he's just practicing. <laughs> He's got it down to a fine art. Yeah, well, that's the story. <laughs> no, I, I feel like we could come up with something interesting around why this guy is all these people. You know, maybe you can character select, but why are they, why are they trying to eat bullets? Why do they want to eat bullets? Um, did they, you know, have a did they have a terminal disease where bullets is the only cure? <laughs> do they are they a robot that needs extra lead? Are they? Are they literally a Pac-Man kind of thing with with legs? <laughs> I, I think I think they're all locals from the uh, the town of uh, uh, Evermore, and there there's there's a bullet catching competition coming in two weeks, and, and all the locals are very <laughs> excited. So they all decide to help each other out. They set up this big elaborate scheme in the park where they can practice, and uh, that's what you're doing at the moment. You get to choose between the the residents of the town and yeah, you're practicing. I love the, the idea that the first, per, like during the tutorial, uh, the first guy who goes up to try to catch a bullet just literally gets his head blown off. <laughs> yeah, because he tried to catch a shotgun blast. <laughs> or he just didn't do it right. They're just like, no, you t- tried to use your teeth. You got to just swallow it down <laughs> in one go. <laughs> got to open your mouth a bit wider so it doesn't hit your teeth out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a real God. technique to it. <laughs> hmm. What platform do you think this game's on? I sort of imagine this is like a, like a sort of an arcadey game, but is, is it- yeah, I feel like it's like an Xbox Live downloadable, yeah, you know, sort of thing. So like the old Xbox Live arcade. Yeah, they don't tend to do that anymore, but they still have a bunch of those sorts of games that come out on there. Yeah, 
Uh, you know, it would probably show up pretty quickly in, like, Games with Gold or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, week two. Or, or on a Humble <laughs> Bundle or whatever. Yeah. On PC, you know. Yep. Um, right. yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure like. <laughs> oh. Ordinary. Landing. Fail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Ordinary landing fail. I feel like this is that gymnastics game that I've been seeing show up on my Twitter feed. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. What other ways are there? What things can land and how can they fail that would be interesting in a game? I'm imagining like someone's parachute not opening, just like splatting on the ground. Uh, maybe it could be like a a fun little high school shooter where you're trying to, uh, you're a plane and you're trying to drop people without parachutes into a certain uh, sections <laughs> on the ground where you get a certain amount of points. You might be... I thought, you said a, I thought you said a high school shooter for a second there, and I was oh, just like, no. whoa, that's no, inappropriate. That. <laughs> high school. High school. Yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> just like randomly throw that out. No, okay. So, you're dropping people from a plane mm-hmm. uh, who don't have parachutes? Yeah, they don't have parachutes. That, that's what makes it the fail. Because- yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh god, um, that's so wrong. That, that feels like that feels like an old eighties arcade game or something, right? Where they just like threw any idea together to make uh, something that had some gameplay. I'm picturing you know little, uh, you know eight pixel people falling and and blasting into little sparks, missile command style or whatever, or like defender. Yeah, or that'd something. be cool. Yeah, so it's not so graphic then. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit more abstract. Uh, and and yeah, it's all about how fast is your plane going? All right, when do I drop these people? Uh, how many people do I have on the plane and then how many targets you hit, basically. Yeah, so you might have, <laughs> you've got five people in the plane and you've got to, you get to choose your, basically you move like the joystick left or right to sort of determine your speed of the plane. You can press the big button on the arcade cabinet or mm-hmm. whatever you've got to sort of deploy your people and maybe you get <laughs> maybe you get like one trip across the screen and one trip back across the screen and that's that's it. So it's up to you whether you launch all your people on the first go or And I think interspersed between the targets are like trampolines. Um so you can if if you do miss your target, you might get a second chance uh to for them to hit another target. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh yeah, you, you there's also like, I don't know, spikes and pits and things. Okay, so what I see this as is they decided um the whole idea of player unknowns battlegrounds, um <laughs> Oh my god! The yeah. whole idea, you know, just just wasn't wasn't working out. Like they were taking too long. It was just easier just to throw them out of the plane with no parachute. Um, so you you you've got like a hundred um a hundred people in, in your plane, yeah, and you're just literally <laughs> launching them all out. <laughs> okay, this is a very different idea, but I love the yeah. idea of a battle royale game where the whole battle royale is before you hit the ground after jumping out of the plane. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I never, I never even thought about like the dropping people out of the, out of a plane, <laughs> putting it to like a, a battle royale. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I I like the original arcade game idea. I do want to now talk about this idea. Some more because yeah, <laughs> I I feel like that it actually be re- a really interesting twist. Like, obviously, it wouldn't be. It's not as it's not as in depth a, a, a take on battle royale as like Apex Legends or something. Um, but I, I feel like that could get some traction, a game where, yeah, you're just playing on that idea of- Because all of them have that whole jump out of a plane thing and land where yeah. you want. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, if you hit the ground, you just die. <laughs> How long do you have before you hit the ground? Uh, I mean, it, you wouldn't want it to be too long because um, otherwise it starts getting pretty unrealistic. And you want to be able to see that scenery coming up. Otherwise, you're just kind of in a big, cloudy you know, space with, with people falling all mm. around you. So maybe it is like thirty seconds or something. Okay, what happens is there is one parachute and it, <laughs> and it gets and it gets thrown out of the plane, and then everyone else has to has to fight for the parachute. You've got ninety yes. seconds. <laughs> Do you have weapons? Um, well, I think I think maybe it's they all get about, thrown out too. Everyone sort of gets thrown out all at the same time, and then now it's now it's all. Um, hell for leather, 10 people fighting over one parachute. Is it 10? I was, I was still going to go the 100. <laughs> <laughs> it's chaos. Mm. Uh, I, no, I, I kind of like the idea that, like, 
yeah, basically it starts it starts like a normal battle royale game, but then the plane explodes, and so everyone just falls out at once. There's crates and stuff that are falling out as well that are going to have weapons and things in them, and so you've still got a bit of that scavenging stuff, but it's like super compressed into that ninety seconds. Yeah, um, and you're having to just shoot and kill as many people around you. And you can still win even if you don't find the parachute if you kill everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> like, if everyone else dies. I think I think if you've got the time limit on there and, like, make a certain time where you hit the ground, like, it could be a bit uh, anticlimactic if there's still, like, no, 20 people left and everyone just dies straight away. So, maybe just have it, like, go for- set it to 10 minutes. That's the time you'll hit the ground. But in between there, there's, like, sections <laughs> of floating floating land that, that you've got to dodge on the way down. Oh, God. <laughs> You could you could enhance you could do that like you're right if every if if you still got twenty people left and you all hit the ground at the same time and nobody wins that's that's going to be shitty um, except for that one person who got the parachute and pulled the fucking parachute like a minute ago he's just floating down going fuck you guys <laughs> that's true that's true there would be the parachute would would add something to that that'd be really interesting to play test because I love the idea of it just being this super quick thing. Uh, with yeah, the the one parachute, uh, or maybe a couple. Like maybe it's not always one. Maybe it's, but it's not many. Mm, you would have to you would because have to then do you could more then you one. could have the last few people with parachutes and they're floating down slowly. But whoever's got the gun, you know, whoever managed to scavenge a gun, then is going to be better off because the others are like trying to maneuver their parachutes over so they can punch him in the face, <laughs> <laughs> or or tangle up your um, you know your parachute with like a, a bit of rope that they've got or something like that so they can they can compress it a bit or Yeah. Well maybe everyone maybe everyone has a jetpack and it has limited fuel to sort of use. Like it might only have like a half a tank in it left so you can't use it that much and once you use it you just free fall but that might help you maneuver around a bit. Yeah, just to give you a bit of maneuverability. Mm. Yeah, I agree that there should probably be something around the maneuverability. Although it could even just be as much as like taking the different pose to like dive a bit faster to get closer to someone, or uh, or like spread out to sort of you know go a bit slower, but but other people might catch up with you. So you've sort of got a bit of up down maneuverability there. Yeah, but it's all relative to the other people. Um. Yeah, I really actually like that. That's another game I'd really love to just prototype. <laughs> Is it free to play? Uh, we- yeah, I think I yeah. think it's going to be a free to play. Um, what what you can do is you can um, you know buy uh, different skins, but the um, the sort of skins that you can you can buy a, a different like maybe there's wingsuits that you can buy. <laughs> I like the idea of wingsuits to get. To get some maneuverability in the in the sky and that sort of stuff. Yeah, you could all have wingsuits on, um, but then they're only effective enough. They're not effective enough to actually land safely. They're effective enough to give you that maneuverability. Yeah, um, but you couldn't land with them. Uh, maybe the maybe the uh, things you like the cosmetic items are different expressions on your face, but all of them <laughs> have to have like flapping cheeks and like yeah. skin that's just like. <laughs> As you're falling, <laughs> um, but there's all sorts of different different expressions you can have, and, and you can buy different goggles. Just um, you know, yeah, like like helmets, goggles, uh, and I mean, obviously your, your usual like clothing items. But yep, um, um, you can you can get different splat decals for when you yes, when you land yeah, on the ground. When you land, <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of a limited edition splat decal that just spells out like "fuck you all" <laughs> in blood guts. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we've got to spend money on a decal that you can only see when you lose. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but the winners see it. The winners will see it. The winners will just see it on the ground below them all these decals of playing out in blood and guts. Um, I kind of, I kind of do like the idea that um, uh, that uh, what's it called CS:GO had of you know before each round starts you can like oh, you've got use some of your in in game cash to purchase. Um, to purchase weapons for the for the next mission, um, do you start with them or do they just fall out of the plane near you? <laughs> um, I th- I think you can start with some basic weapons like a basic pistol and a basic basic like shield or something like that, so you can sort of block block shots and mm. stuff like that. Mm. Um, but I do like the idea that you know at the start it's kind of like a um, everyone's all in the all in the one one position because they've just all fallen out of the plane at the same time. Um, what I'm picturing is the the plane actually just the bottom of it just falls out and every everyone just drops all at once. Um, well, I think I, th- I do think you want to be kind of blown, like you don't want to be too close together. 
Because then the one person who's bought the Uzi might take out like half the, yeah. <laughs> you know, half the group in the first three, few seconds. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd really like to um, see like a real funny looking like ragdoll uh, physics in this. So, you're falling out and you're just like your arms are flapping about. <laughs> arms are flailing. Like, yeah. like, oh, <laughs> especially if you neck. get killed up in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You basically, if you get killed, you're now purely ragdolling and, and, you know, you'll plummet to the earth a little bit faster because you're not trying to get resistance happening by, you know, putting the arms out and then, you know, yeah. um, being able to rock it down a little yeah. bit faster. And so, so, have you guys ever seen, like, a video of someone skydiving in the nude? I haven't, no. but I can imagine what it would look like. <laughs> That's, like, the ultimate premium scheme. <laughs> because it's physically- because it's physically accurate. No, so not only your cheeks flapping, but you got other bits flapping too. Mm, uh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be pretty painful, I would imagine. I don't know. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> Look it up. Look All it right. up. It's a, it's an interesting. Is that watch. on YouTube or is that on a, a different website? Uh, one of those you something. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> Probably, or something tubes. YouTube web. Some sort of hub hub yeah. of videos or something. Yeah, let, let's do a one more. Switch one click. Uh, prescription. Pupil. Complication. All right. Now, when I thought of pupil originally, I was thinking of school kid. But when you said prescription, it made me think of eyes. Uh, okay. Does somebody get their, like, eye drops and it gives them superpowers? <laughs> um, complication. I think the complication is that um, this eye uh, prescription turns, like, one of the eyes sentient. Oh, God. Okay. It's like a Mad-Eye Moody situation where it's just, like, looking around. Yeah, it's so- it, On its own. It, it's almost like now you're- um, it, it can talk um, telepathically to you. Oh, no. Like, it's got okay. this telepathic link, but it, it's sort of, like- Do you- Wait, gets- do you- Maybe you play the eye. <laughs> I'm just imagining this eye with, um, like, a mouth. Just like, hey, how are you going? So, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a mouth on the eye. Yeah, that's what the pupil is now. The mouth, the mouth gets its own set of eyes. I mean, the eye gets its own set of eyes. <laughs> that's eyeception. Um, oh. <laughs> no, I do like the idea of the pupil acting as the mouth. Then, in that very cartoonish way, the pupil just starts morphing into a mouth shape, and, and when it talks, it's it's like the pupil is its yeah is its cartoonish mouth. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, is this um, is this character like a a detective or something like that, and he he's having to solve crimes with like this um, super special eye that is very perceptive. Uh, or should yeah, it be something know. else? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's something else there. So I got um, I got a vision of a ve- like almost a well. What I got a vision of was Psychonauts, and you know how in Psychonauts he's got like the professor who comes out of his ear or whatever. Yep. Um, and that professor has very like goggly eyes. So I was I was thinking that. That that just led me to. I think you obviously need a sort of quite exaggerated cartoonish style so you can really see the eye. I think maybe it's grown bigger, so it's kind of a bit bulbous compared to the rest of the person's face. Um, and then I think they need to be con- conversing a lot, right? Yeah, kind of like a banjo kazooie sort of thing where. Yeah, maybe the eyes like the um. It, yeah, it, so you, you have could you ever go played banjo kazooie? Like where uh, I mean, occasionally I, I, you could switch to. Kazooie instead of being just banjo and, and like Kazooie right. could like take over so, for a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the idea of the eye can take over for a little bit and you know it's sort of um, that's where you Wait, can- Wait like even taking over the movement like you're rolling along on your sentient eye? <laughs> uh, no I'm, I'm thinking taking over the vision or something like that. Okay. I could do it like- um, Or maybe it like- Yeah like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time when you go into the first person mode could do something like that. When, like, you've got to- you Right, yeah, maybe something. it's got special vision modes or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, like, the scanner in Metroid uh, Prime where you've got to scan things. Could be something like that. Or even just, like, um, the Batman Arkham games mm. with, like, detective mode or yeah. something. It, like, it's got some special powers. Or the other thing I was thinking is, if it's if it's got this whole pupil mouth thing, it could just be really good at talking its way out of things. So maybe it's, <laughs> it's just got, like, in a kind of- Almost a- And not necessarily the, the R-ratedness, but, like, a Conker's Bad Fur Day situation where you've sort of got all these characters that you run into. And, I mean, a Banjo, because it was similar to that, too. But, like, um, dialogue trees and stuff. But it's actually your eye that's doing all the talking. Um, what, 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 I, what, I'm, um, what I'm picturing is uh, you go up to a character and, and you do the whole, look into my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Try and hypnotise them. 
yeah, it's it's all about hypnotizing. Um, my my mind just immediately went to Little Britain with the um, look into my eyes, not around the eyes, not around the eyes, look into my eyes, you're under, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> well, I wonder if uh, if eye drops could come into it in some way as like a power up or something too. Like you get different types of eye drops then that maybe it does give it the different vision thing for a while, or it uh, you know it, it makes it I don't know. Less wingy. Other things. <laughs> Other interesting gameplay things. You've got to, you've got to keep it moist drip into so you've your got to eye. put eye drops on it to keep it yep. happy. <laughs> well, may- or maybe it's just in certain, maybe you've got like the desert level and you have to make sure you've got a good enough supply of eye drops, <laughs> eye drops so that it doesn't okay. just dry out. What, what, what I like about um, the eyeball though and what, what you can do a little bit different and the reason why you need so many eye drops is because the eye is actually- a st- uh, is scared of the dark, so you can never close your eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be awful! Not being able to blink at all. Or- <laughs> so this guy, this guy's just constantly winking as well, like super creepily <laughs> as he cl- as he closes the one eye to lubricate it. <laughs> I just, I just love this idea of of you know not being able to blink and just having to put drops in your eyes because you know they're getting so dry and sore and. You know, just the cringe factor of that. Oh, yeah. And you totally represent that visually where it just starts getting more and more bloodshot oh. and, like, wrinkled and stuff. Yeah. It dries out. The um, the big bad guy in this one is an optometrist who, um, who you were originally going to and, you know, gave you the prescription for the, for these eye drops. But he they're gave you the wrong- optomet- They're a mad optometrist. Like well, a mad they scientist. Gave you, they but gave they're- you the wrong, um, the wrong prescription or whatever, um, you know- Basically, they'd been perfecting this thing for themselves to to give themselves this power, and they right, gave you okay. the um, the wrong eye drops, sort of thing at the yeah. start. So yeah. you ended up having, you know, this sentient um, eyeball. So now the um, optometrist was is- that actually the intended effect, or were they trying for something different? Or they were at least going to use it on both their eyes. Yeah, and basically <laughs> turn them into super powered eyeballs. Yeah, that yeah, were sentient. Yeah. Um, so who doesn't want that? Really liking the idea of you know having having this mad optometrist who's now chasing after you because you've got um, you used the only eye drops that he's actually got. <laughs> so now he's trying to um, dissect the eye and, and work out. Oh God! Why this particular version actually worked and the previous versions didn't? Mm. So is is the base is the game based around you running away from him? Sort of. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, I, I kind yeah, of maybe trying to find help to. Just prevent him from, from getting you or from, like, taking him out so he's not chasing you anymore or something. Could be looking for upgrades or something to get stronger so you can take him on. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that, that seems like a natural progression to- Yeah. Um, also, I like that we're sort of doubling down on the whole medical specialists as villains thing from the dentists of the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah. Now we've got optometrists in there too. Yeah. They're not, as bad as, they're, they're not as bad as dentists, but they're, they're still, like, um, on the mad side of things. Yeah. I've, I've never yeah, been to an yeah. optometrist, so I wouldn't know. Never been. Uh, yeah, they can they can torture you a bit. Yeah, you know, Poking you in the eye, dropping shit on it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, they, they like saying better or worse. Better <laughs> or worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One or two. A or B. Both. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just picturing okay. that they-, that they, um, they Lock you down in, into like this, into like this seat, and and they've got like a laser scalpel in in one hand, and like a and like a metal scalpel in the other hand. And they're like one or two, one <laughs> or two. <laughs> You've got to choose which one you want to get your eye scooped out with, uh-huh. or, it's a, or it's a melon ball. <laughs> oh God, a rusty spoon. Yep. All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there on that grand idea. Oh. And- <laughs> 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 and finish it up for this week. Thank you very much for joining us, Drew. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Do you want to tell our listening audience where they can find you and your podcast? Uh, yeah. Uh, I host the House of Mario, a Nintendo podcast, also here on the 8-Bit Collective uh, with my co-host Bryce DeWitt. We, have, we uh, quite often have guests and uh, uh, yeah, guests on. Um, lately, we've done a Switch guide for uh, new buyers. We've had uh, Rainbow Art, the developers of Reverie on. And, uh, yeah, we, we have a lot of fun with it. And if you're into Nintendo and all that type of stuff, come on over and have a listen. Yeah, for sure. I recommend that you do. It's a Absolutely. good, fun podcast. Thank you. Listen to the last couple of episodes. 
All right. And you can find us online at uh, podchaser.com slash bitstorm. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective. Uh, you see, you can go to 8bit.net and uh, find all the other fantastic shows, including House of Mario, on the 8-Bit Collective. Uh, and definitely check out the Patreon as well and uh, subscribe to that. Get some cool bonus 8-Bit uh, episodes. Uh, I, and, and other cool junk. <laughs> I believe <laughs> they're now doing two episodes a month instead of the one because they met their first goal on Patreon. Oh, that's right. The more stretch goals they reach, the more cool podcasts you get out of these fine folks. Yeah, I was on episode yes. one of the 8-Bit Cast, which is on uh, on their Patreon. Uh, it was a lot of fun because it, it, sort of, it yes. gives us a chance to sort of just uh, muck around with one another and talk about something that isn't the topic which we usually cover on our respective shows. So, yeah. Yeah, I listened. I liked that a lot. Uh, you know, it's nice to get a bit of a feel for the people behind the, the various podcasts yeah. and, and kind of yeah, for sure. get something a bit more personal or just a bit more, you know, a bit off topic. So yeah. And if you if, if you don't have the money to uh, chuck onto Patreon, uh, I believe the 8-Bit cast is also going up about, I think each episode's going out a month after it goes out on Patreon. So, yes. you still have yeah. the chance to so. listen yeah. to it later as well. I saw... I saw something about that. It was either every um, two weeks later or, or a month later. So, it won't be too long before those people who don't want to put a dollar in can um, can listen. But then we recommend that you do put a dollar in because supporting our friends at the 8-Bit Collective is, is definitely a good thing. Absolutely. And we'd also like you to check out the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. We... We are part of it. You know, it's just an informal network of, of like-minded individuals all getting together, putting out podcasts and Twitch streams and everything else, all trying to support each other. Uh, search for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or AGP Network or the hashtag AGPN on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank ourselves from Kuradust for the song, or for the use of the song, Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That is it. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Drew Agnew. Oh my god, the turtle's about to start fucking... Run! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>